Okay, well, I guess we had lib, right? <laughs> Amen. God, God is good either way. Amen. Brother Tom, I assume you're speaking, right? All righty. So we do have a preacher. Amen. Amen. <laughs> okay. Well, glory to God. So are you uh, happy to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. There's no other better place to be. Suppose the Trump was the sound, not the Donald, by the way. This would be a good place to be, huh? Oh, yes. I know the Word of God says, you know, when he comes, that uh, he's going to do it in a secret way that we don't know the time, the hour, or the moment. So we got to be careful what we're doing, right? <laughs> Make sure we don't get caught doing something we shouldn't be doing because then we got to go the hard way, which is no fun at all. We just got a taste, kind of just a little tidbit taste of what it might be like. Amen. Well, are you ready to make a joyful noise before the Lord this morning? All right. Yes, see if we I can, are. See if I can do this right. Those of you that can stand, please do so. Join us. Help us out. We need all the help we can get up here. With, the, with this number out here, you should be able to outsing us real easily. There's more voices out there than there's up here. Amen. I need 
needed rescue, my sin was heavy, but chains break at the weight of your glory. I needed shelter, I was an orphan, now you call me a citizen of heaven. When I was broken, you were my healing, now your love is the air that I'm breathing. I have a future, my eyes are open. When you call my name And I ran out of that grave Out of the darkness Into your glorious day Yeah, you call my name When I ran out of that grave Out of the darkness Into your glorious day now your mercy, now your mercy has saved my soul. And your freedom is all that I've known. They already knew Jesus when I met you. Then you call my name and I ran out of that grave. Out of the darkness into your glorious day. Yes, you called my name and I ran out of that grave. Out of the darkness into your glorious day. Out of the darkness into your glorious day. Yes, Lord. Out of that darkness into your glorious day. I'm calling out 
to fire again. I need the discipline. Lord, I'm calling out. Light the fire again. Yes, Lord, light that fire, God. Oh, I'm here. I'm here to battle with the fire. Naked and poor, wretched and blind, I come. Hold me in wide, so I won't be ashamed. Lord, light the fire again. I'm here. Hear the buckle, we find in the fire. We'll naked and poor, wretched and blind. I come, load me in white, so I won't be ashamed. Lord, light the fire again. Oh, yes. Lord, light the fire again. Lord, like the fire. Lord, like that fire. Go ahead, give the Lord some praise this morning. Make a shout in the camp. Glory to God. God is good, is it not? All the time, all the time, all the time. Bless the Lamb of God.
Yes, Lord. Here's a crown. Here's a crown on his head. His scepter in his hand. And he's leading the armies across this land. And he's calling out to you and me. Will you ride with me? Please allow. 
Just take a minute and kind of take in that presence, you know, kind of soak it in. You know, it's times like this that God does something in someone's heart. He'll bring something to your heart. He brings that to your heart because he wants you to reflect on that. It might be of something that he delivered you from might have been a blessing that he gave you. When that comes to your heart, he does that because he wants you to understand how good he is and how much he loves and cares for you. And those are the times when you can give that back to the Lord and thank him for his goodness. You can thank him for what he's done in your life, what he's brought into your life. You know, when we're in his presence, it's just a small taste of what it will be like when we enter into his kingdom. He lets us taste this taste and see that it is good, that we get to experience his presence here so that we'll know how glorious it will be when we go and live and reign with him. Amen? Hallelujah. You may be seated. Thank you, worship team. God is good all the time. <laughs> Even when you don't think he's good, he's good. Amen. Hallelujah. So Pastor Steve is still on vacation. Him and his family are enjoying some, some good quality time together. I think that I think I remember when I used to take my kids on vacation, I was glad to get home so I could get a rest. <laughs> so I was glad to get back to work and get, get some rest after the vacation. So uh, continue to pray for, pray for them that they're enjoying their time. We have a few prayer requests this morning. How many of you have a prayer request? Just raise your hand and give it to the Lord. Amen. If there's something you need the Lord to touch in your life or something for salvation for a family member, Amen. God knows your heart. God knows your request. Um, so we'll bring those to the Lord. We want to remember to pray for Debbie Pena, a uh, longtime member here. She lives down in Oregon with her daughter now. 
Um, she's been battling a little bit of sickness lately, and um, so we want to pray for her. Natalie Grant, I don't know if you guys all remember Natalie Grant. Um, anyway, she was in the hospital last week. She lives down in Arizona. She's finishing up her RN training. Um, she was went through our Kids Praise program here, and very smart young gal. Uh, she had a um, infection of spinal fluid around her spine, and so she was dizzy and had bad headaches. And so they, she was, she's doing good. We've been praying for her. She's doing good. She's going to let her out of the hospital. I think probably today, and then they're just going to monitor her and give her some antibiotics. But she's doing a lot better. Remember to pray for Millie and Floyd. Uh, Millie is up at Montesano at the, um, at the, whatever that place they call it, Montesano Rehab up there off of Berkeley, I think. And she can have visitors, so if anybody wants to go visit her, she can have visitors. Um, and I know that quite a few have already went and visited her, um, and she's doing good. Uh, she wants to go home, but um, the kids want her to stay there, so she understands she needs to take her medication. <laughs> she doesn't like her medication that keeps the water around her heart. She doesn't like it because she says it makes her dizzy. So she doesn't take it. And so we need to pray for Millie that she'll just continue to be faithful. And hopefully during this time she'll realize that she needs to take that medication. Amen. So pray for her and Floyd. Other than that, let's just take these to the Lord and everybody that raised her hand. Just speak it out and the Lord will... The Lord will take care of that for you. Amen. Father God, we just thank you for these needs. We thank you today, Lord, that we have the opportunity to stand here, to be here today in the house of the Lord, to bring these needs before you, Father God, for Debbie and for Pastor's family, Natalie, Millie, and Floyd. Every hand that was raised, Lord, there is a need here, and you are, you are the God that meets our needs. And so we bring them to you today, each and every one, and we pray, Father God, that you will just meet our needs, that you will bless those that need a blessing, that you will heal those that need healing. And Lord, encourage those that need an encouragement, Father God, that they can see, Lord, that you're doing work on their behalf. And sometimes that work takes a little bit of time. And let us just have patience. Let us just understand your goodness. So we thank you for that today. We thank you for the word today, Father God, that we would just, it would just be clear and understandable to those that listen to it. So we thank you for it, and we just thank you for what you're doing in this house. So, Lord, just bless it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, and then also, if you're doing your tithes and offerings, we're still doing tithes and offerings in the back. Hopefully we can get that changed back to the normal way. I like the normal way. <laughs> I'm normal. Some days. <laughs> so how many of you are ready to hear the word of the Lord? Amen. How many? Who, who has a testimony in here? I love testimonies. Who has a testimony of something God has done for you in the last week or so? Gary, you have a testimony?
gone ahead with my feelings. I done what I was going to do. It wasn't going to work. But God kept me there long enough for him to come. So I, I felt sick and sore. Look this up. Maybe he left. It's a blessing. Amen. God brings people to you at the right time. Amen. 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 Is that why they always make me wait at the door when I used to come see them, checking out, make sure you're going to let me come in your office? <laughs> Sorry, you have to wait out here. I know where his office. No, you have to wait out here. <laughs> Amen. How many of you love Jesus today? Amen. Well, it's kind of apparent because you're in the house of the Lord. Amen. Yes. Amen. So, you know, today there's a lot of controversy, and what I'm going to share with you today is the Word of God cannot change, and you cannot change it. Amen. Okay. The Word of God cannot change, and you can't change it. And in today's society, we see so much of political correctness. Mm. Well, I'm going to let you know right now, there's absolutely zero political correctness in the Bible. Amen. God's Word is God's Word. And I don't care how much you want to manipulate it, how much you want to water it down, it's not going to work unless you use it the way God told, meant it to be, right? Amen. So when God says something, that's what he says. And in today's society, what do they want to do? They want to take God's word, and this is well known in some of these big mega churches. They want to take God's word and manipulate it and water it down and move it to where it's acceptable to everybody. Okay, now I'll let you in on a little secret it won't be acceptable to everybody. Some people don't want to hear the Word of God. They don't want to be involved with the Word of God. So why would someone want to water it down and manipulate it to try to get them to accept it? Because they're really not accepting the Word of God. Right? They're accepting a counterfeit. Okay? There is no counterfeit in the Word of God. God's Word is true. God's Word is settled. It does not change. It will not change. And there's nobody on the earth that can change it. And this is where our dilemma is in our morality of today's society. Amen. That's where it's at. Because they won't live by the Word of God. And then you have the other side where you have tons and tons of professing Christians, I call them. They profess to be Christians. But if you look at their lifestyle outside of the church or outside of their Christian friends, their lifestyle is worldly. Oops. Worldly. They post stuff on their Facebook pages. They do all this stuff, and it has absolutely no reflection or representation of Jesus Christ in their life. None. Absolutely none. If you were not a believer, you were just an unsaved person, and you read their Facebook page, you'd think they were just like you. There's nothing to represent Christ. Because they won't take the Word of God, apply it in their life, and stand on it. There's one thing I learned, and one thing I loved about Pastor Bob. He was very hard on me in a lot of areas, which I was thankful for. The older I get, the more thankful I was for that. Now, when I was younger, I wasn't so thankful getting called into Pastor Bob's office and having a little sit-down. 
okay? I was a little bit, like, defiant in my spirit. I mean, I showed up, I listened, and I did what he asked me to do, but there was still, I found when I was a younger man, I was a little defiant. It's like, oh, I'm going to do it just because I'm here at the church, and I'm one of the, you know, I'm a member at the church, so I'm going to obey you, because, I, you know, that's kind of was my spirit. But now that I'm older, I realized that that was just another area of my life that I had to give to the Lord. I had to take correction. I had to take the word of God that was given to me and allow it to change me and not try to fight against it. And so I'm thankful for the men of God that, that were in my life, that were my mentors, that, that, that held me accountable. They held me accountable to the word of God. And that's what molded me for who I am today. And not saying that not saying that, you know, we didn't have discussions. We did. <laughs> we had discussions on, on terminology, okay? When you're from two different generations, you think a little different. And uh, so we, but we would always, always come to the conclusion that we'll just go to God's word. Whatever God's word says, that's what we're going to do. Amen? So the word of God cannot change, and you cannot change it. So in John, and if you, if you go to the book of John, in the very first scripture, and it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, right? That's what it says. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, okay? So if the Word was in the beginning, okay, and the word was with God and the word was God, then there's no dispute about the word of God, right? It is God's word because it was in the beginning. And we have to remember that what God has created, no man can change. See? So... God gave us this word because this is an unchangeable, unfallible word, okay? Now, there's different translations and different interpretations of the word, but the spirit of God's word will not change, okay? Whether you're reading out the NIV, the King James, the Old King James, whatever, the spirit that's in the word won't change, okay? So we have to remember that when, when we're trying to draw closer to God, the easiest way for us to draw close to God is to get into his word. Get into his word. If you want to know who you serve, get into the word and find out who he is. Okay, when I got saved, I got into the word of God and I found out who is this savior that I'm giving my life to. And why am I giving my life to this savior? Okay, and so what I did is I spent time understanding who my savior was and why I was serving him. Now think about it. If you don't have a purpose in your job and you just show up every morning and you have no clue what you're going to do, you're not very excited about going there. Some of you aren't excited about going to work even if you do know what you're going to do. But you have to have a purpose. You have to have a purpose in what you're doing. You have to understand the purpose in what you're doing in order to fulfill it to the best of your ability, right? So... You know, a lot of people say, I don't like being around little kids because little kids are just wild and undefined. 
Well, let me tell you something about kids. Kids want structure. They want structure. They want you to set structure for them so they can excel in that structure. Okay, now my little grandson, who's four now, his name's Creed, he was my mini-me. He's just like me when I was a little kid. The difference is I got whoopings and learned not to do things. Okay? So he doesn't get that many whoopings, so he's a little more, he's a little more wild, which I would have been that way if I wouldn't have got beat. But when he's at my house, there's structure. He knows Papa's boundaries because I'll paddle his little rear end with my stick. Okay? And he knows I'll paddle his rear end because he knows where the stick is. Okay? (laughs) But he's learned that when he's at my house, there's structure. He he knows what what, what I've told him, what I expect of him, and then he can excel in that area. So I don't have a problem with him climbing the walls and everything. His parents do, but I don't. But see, we need structure as believers in Christ. Okay? Because we can be that wild child, right? And how many of you have been that wild child? I'll raise both my hands. Okay? I'm guilty twice. Okay? But we need that structure. We need the Word of God. We need to stand on the Word of God, knowing that when we stand on this Word, that, 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 that we are going to be blessed, okay? We are going to be solidified in our walk with Christ because we know what our purpose is. I know what my purpose is as being a born-again believer of Jesus Christ. I know what he's called me for. I know my purpose. So I can excel in that. I can push that out and I can go and I can go and I can go. And I don't have to worry about being out of his will because I'm always using his word as my guide. Okay? I'm not using my own intellect because I'll get myself in trouble. Okay? So I have all the prayer warriors here that pray for me. That's why all these, like Elna and Evelyn and all them, they, I, and uh, Jeanette and the, uh, Millie, they pray for me every day because I need it because I can get myself in trouble. But God is good. So in Genesis, Genesis, in Genesis 1-1, it says what? In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. In John 1, it says in the beginning, God was the word. Okay? So they're tied together. They're one. Okay? They're one. So you know the source of where it's coming from is from God, that there's nothing else infallible in it. Okay, that you can trust it, you can stand in the word, you can, you, can, you can take that scripture, okay, and you can hold on to that scripture and you can let it permeate your heart to be, it becomes alive. Okay, it becomes alive. And so, when I was a young man, before I got saved, I used to like to fight. Fighting was one of the things that I liked. It was an adrenaline rush for me. Did I get beat up a lot of times? Yeah. I got bloody eyes and noses and come home looking like that I was a punching bag for Muhammad Ali. But the adrenaline part of it I liked. That inside reaction, that quick reaction with somebody was something that, that I liked before I was saved. And when I first got saved, I had to find a scripture 
to keep me from smacking people in the church. I'm being honest with you. I just, they make stupid comments to me, and I just wanted to slap them. It's like, really? That is the stupidest comment. But God gave me a scripture in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. It says, no temptation has seized you, but what is common to man. Well, I had to go back and reflect. I wasn't man no more. I was a born-again spirit of God. That old man died, okay? So no temptation has seized me except what was common to man. Resist, okay? So I had to resist what the enemy was trying to get me to do, and God is faithful to make a way of escape. God is faithful to make a way of escape. And so that was my scripture that I held on to for years and years and years so I didn't punch anybody in the church. Okay? And eventually... Through years of trusting and keep speaking the word of God, my heart changed. So when people said stupid things to me, I, it just like kind of went one ear right out the other. It's like, yeah, whatever. You know, it's like, well, you don't care. Yeah, you're right, I don't. Because that was a stupid comment, you know. How many of you have friends that make stupid comments? And it's like, really? Did you just say that to me? <laughs> but we have to learn, amen? And so, you know, Take God's word. Take the scriptures he gives you. Take the things that he gives you. Let them get into your heart. Let them get into you. They become part of you. The word of God has to be so part of you, it actually creates a new living creature in you. It's called, it's called being born again. Okay? It's called letting God transform you to be a new person. Okay? Because we all know before we were saved, we didn't do it right on our own. Right? We struggled and made a lot of bad decisions. And now you can give it to the Lord and wait upon the Lord. Be patient. Let God work in your life. God can lead you into a new way. Amen? So in Hebrews 11.3, um, we're going to talk about just walking in faith and letting God change the things that you need changed because, you know, God wants to bless your life. I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but God wants to bless your life. He wants you to be a blessed person. Why? Because you are his child, right? So if you are his child, he wants to bless you. That's all there is to it. The only thing that keeps the blessing away from you is your disobedience to God. That's why it's so important to know God's word, so you don't walk in that disobedience. You know, I have a great time in life. I have fun. And I'm busy. And God blesses me, but I stand on his word in what I do. Okay? I stand on his word in what I do. I, I apply the word of God to my life. And in 11.3 it says, By faith we understand that the word, that the, man, I'm going to have to read that, that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that one thing which is our seen were not made of things which are, are, un, are invisible or unseen, okay? God wants us to understand that, that he framed everything in the word. That's why it's so important. I give people this book that's called Hung by the Tongue. Yeah. How, what you speak. And I give it away to people. And I gave one to Terry. Terry, Terry didn't like it at first. I think he likes the book now. I give it away to people because of one thing. It teaches you how to speak God's word in your life in a positive way. It teaches you to quit speaking death to yourself 
It teaches you to quit speaking sickness to yourself. It teaches you to quit te- talking about being, being poor, okay? Because if you have absolutely nothing but you have Jesus Christ, you are rich. Amen. Don't be fooled by the world's standards for you. The world's standard is not God's standard, okay? God framed everything. God created everything. God gives man wisdom to create things to make our lives easier. It doesn't mean that we need them, right? doesn't mean that we need them. You can go out and do what God called you to do, and you don't need all that stuff, okay? Just because your neighbor pulls up in some fancy car don't mean you have to run out and buy a fancy car. Just because your friends wear Nike shoes don't mean you have to wear Nike shoes. Okay? Allow God to bring into your life what he needs you to have to do what he's called you to do. He'll provide. Okay? He'll provide what you need to do what he called you to do. Everything else that you have outside of that realm is really surplus. Okay? It's stuff that you have but you really don't need. It's just nice to have, okay? So, the Word of God is powerful for life. I want you to think about that. The Word of God is powerful for life because when we think about our lives, okay, and we think about the Word of God does, does the Word of God bring life to you? Does it bring life to you? When you read the Word of God, when you observe the Word of God, does it bring life to you? Now, a lot of people are kind of looking at me like, maybe, okay? I used to tell people all the time and challenge them to do this. They said, well, I don't read my Bible. I said, just read one scripture a day then. Read one scripture a day. And then think about that scripture all day long until it becomes alive in you. And then pretty soon, you're going to create a hunger for the Word of God. You're going to want more. You're going to want more. You're going to want to read it more. You're going to want to listen to it. Like me, I have the tapes in my truck, CDs. Now I have CDs, but I'll play the Word of God. So I might listen to one book. I might look at, listen to the book of James for a month, just over and over and over again. Then I'll get another book, and then I'll get another book. And I try not to do the genealogies, because when I'm driving, I'll... Like, 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 oh man, I need to hurry and get where I'm going so I can turn this off. But, <laughs> but it's still the Word of God. It's still important to know. But it's not something that everybody's excited about. Okay? But just get the Word of God and figure out a way in your life that meets your lifestyle, that meets you, who, who you are, what your mindset is. Get, a, get part of the Word of God and use it every day. And if you're new, if you're a newer Christian, read Proverbs and Psalms. Man, read the book of Proverbs. Read Proverbs. There's 31 Proverbs. There's normally 30 days in a month. So one month you get blessed, you read two. And the, the months there are 31, then you just start over the next month. But Proverbs is a book of wisdom. Okay? And it talks about all facets of daily life. We used to read Proverbs to our kids every morning where they, we could just stop reading and they would just finish the sentences. Because that was part of their homeschool morning start when we started them in their school day, is that we would read Proverbs and Psalms to them. 
because Proverbs is such a valuable book of instruction that it helps you in your daily life to understand all facets of life. You know, you could live, if, if someone, if you lived in the middle of nowhere and someone just handed you a copy of the book of Proverbs, your life would be blessed. Your life would be blessed because it's going to give you all the instruction that you need to walk a godly life. So the power, the, the, the word of God is powerful. It changes us. It allows us to become more like God, okay, because it brings life. It brings life to us. In Matthew 12, 36, Almost there. Are you almost there? I thought about putting everything on my notepad this morning, and then I changed my mind, decided I didn't want to. Twelve thirty-six. It says, "But I say to you that for every idle word men speak." they will give an account in the day of judgment. Now, kind of goes back to that book I give out, but in every idle word we're going to give an account. Are you speaking as a believer of Jesus Christ? Are you speaking God's word? Are you bringing life to those around you, or are you bringing death? Are you cursing somebody because that's death? Okay. Every idle word, and this is what's important to, for us to understand, to know the word of God, that we don't speak out of God's will for our lives. Okay, We speak God's will for our life. We speak what we know God has in store for us because it's already in his word. Okay, We're not speaking stuff that's not some crazy stuff. You're just speaking what God's word is for your life. And what is God's word for your life? That what? He said, I called you to do what? To witness. I called you to be disciple, to go out and disciple, to be a disciple. He called you to, to obey his word so that you can go out and show somebody else how good God is in your life so they can come to know Christ themselves. That's really your only commission. He didn't call you to be the best welder in the world, the best truck driver in the world. He didn't call you to be the best sports person in the world. No, he called you to be a witness of who he is. That's the high calling, to be a witness of who he is. How do you become a witness of, of who he is? Know who he is. That means you've got to know the Word of God. You've got to know the Word of God to know who you serve so that what? So in turn, you can turn around and show somebody else why you're blessed. Okay? I'm way more blessed today in my Christian walk, in my, in my walk with the Lord, than I was 25 years ago. Why? Because for 25 years I've been doing the things God's called me to do and God's been blessing me, and then I keep seeding back into what God blesses me for. And I keep giving it back to the Lord and giving it back to the Lord, and the Lord just keeps blessing me. You know? And so all the ministry that I do outside the church, God provides what I need to go do that. So when I'm gone for three days and I'm over helping the Alki Angels or the Bondage Breaker events, I'm helping serve those men, I'm praying for them, I'm preaching, I'm giving them the Word of God. God provides what I need to go do that. 
Okay, and he started providing for it years ago before I knew I was ever going to do it because I kept being faithful to his word. God builds things today for what you're going to need down the road. Okay, He's, God has a storehouse, and that storehouse is your, is your provision. Your provision. Okay? I look at Gary and Paula, and I think to myself, because I've known Gary and Paula for years and years, and I think to myself, you know, they have been faithful to do what God called them to do. And it's not always easy, but they've been faithful. But through all those years, God has prepared them and worked through their lives and blessed them for their faithfulness and blessed them for their faithfulness. And he's going to continue to bless them for their faithfulness in their next journey of life, he's still going to bless them because they're still going to be faithful to his word. See, that's the key thing, is being faithful to God's word. doesn't mean you're going to be the best person in the world. You're not always going to be the nicest person in the world. You're not always going to do the right thing. That's why God's word has the provision for what? Forgiveness, okay? <laughs> for mercy, I loved his message last week. Man, I have been thinking about that all week long, about being on the mercy seat. And the mercy comes to you if you'll accept it. That was such a powerful word, how he put that last week. Powerful. It's like, it really, it's like, it's been on my heart all week long about the mercy seat and about God's mercy. And thinking, Lord, I am so thankful that you have mercy. I am so thankful that you allow us to have mercy and forgiveness. Because, you know what? No matter how hard we try, we're still going to come short. We're still going to make mistakes. We're still going to have things in our lives that we're going to stop and think, I shouldn't have done that. How many of you have done that? I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. Okay, that's part of life. That's part of who we are. Okay, we're not perfect. We can't be perfect. But we can be diligent to do God's word. We can be diligent to work hard every day, to get up every day and make a decision. I'm going to be in God's word today. I'm going to do what God has called me to do today, and I'm going to do it with an with a open, loving heart. And then if difficulties come your way, don't let them bother you. Don't let them distract you from what God's plan is for you on that day. Live that day, enjoy the day, and let God do what he needs to do in you so you can bless somebody else. Because you're only promised today. Okay? You're only promised today if you wake up in the morning and see your ceiling, guess what? You get a new day. Hopefully, all of us in this room, if we don't wake up, we wake up in heaven, right? Yeah. <laughs> I preached a couple of weeks ago or last month about um, two roads but one destination with two outcomes, okay? You walk two roads of life, you either walk with Christ or without Christ, but you're all going to, everybody's going to come stand before God for an account, and then there's a, two different ways you can go at that point. Okay? Hopefully that you've made the decision that Christ is the center of your life, 
and that if God does remove you from this earth and your physical body is expired at that moment, but your spirit man is alive, that it does reign with God in heaven. Okay? Um, because that should be our goal. That should be our journey, is to, is to have the word of God become alive in us. Okay? We know who we are. We know what God's plan is for our life. We know where God's taking us. Right? And so we can get up every day and enjoy the day. I don't live for weeks, okay? I don't know. I've told you guys this many times. I get up in the morning. I have today. This is what I have. So I'm going to have today be the best day I can have. Now, if an obstacle comes, guess what? I'm just going to give it to the Lord, and I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm not going to let the enemy come in and rob me of what God already has for me. But that's what he tries to do in people's lives. He brings obstacles in your life, situations in your lives, so that you'll take your eyes off what God's doing that day in your life, and now you put your eyes on what God isn't doing, and that's where the depression and all the bad stuff starts, is because now your eyes aren't on God. Okay? If you keep your eyes on God, you can go through any trial that the enemy tries to put before you. Because remember, he has already overcome the enemy. You're on the winning team. Okay, it would be really, it would be kind of like knowing for a fact, for you sports fans, it'd be like knowing for a fact that you're going to walk out on the football field and you're going to win the Super Bowl. Unquestionable, doesn't matter what goes on, you're going to just leave. You're just, you're going to win. So how hard would they really try to even win? But see, God has God has given us the word of God. We know we're going to win, but he's challenged us why we're here. He's gave us direction why we're here to accomplish something greater than what we think we can accomplish. Right? He has opened the door for you to be a witness for him, to go out and let people know how good God is and to share with them the salvation power of Jesus Christ and how it transforms, transforms lives. So that every day you have an opportunity to meet somebody, to talk with somebody, to be around with somebody. It could even be a believer that's around you that needs encouragement. That might be your goal for that day. That might be the only goal God had for you that day. But will you obey it? Right? Will you obey it? Will God put something in your heart and you go out of your way to make sure you accomplish it? But see, most people, sad to say, God puts stuff in their heart. They know the word of God, but they won't act on what God's telling them to do. And then they wonder, well, I'm not blessed. I don't, I don't never get blessed in that area. Well, guess what? You can't get blessed in that area unless you're obedient in that area. Okay? Well, I can't go talk with people like that. Well, yes, you can. You just don't. Well, I'm shy. I don't care. I know a lot of shy people that go out and talk about Jesus. Well, I'm afraid they might say something to me. Well, don't worry about it. I'm pretty sure you said mean things to people yourself. Okay? <laughs> There's always an excuse, right? There's always a way for you to talk yourself out of doing what God's putting in your heart because that's how the enemy wants you to think. But we need to stand on the word of God. We need to stand on the fact that God's word brings life. Say it. God's word brings life. 
and it brings blessing. Out of obedience, it brings blessing, okay? And blessing comes in a lot of different ways. I don't, when I say that I'm a blessed man, it has nothing to do with finances. Absolutely zero to do with finances. I'm a blessed man because I have the salvation power of Jesus Christ in my life, and I accepted him as my Lord and Savior, and I walk with him. That's why I'm a blessed man. Everything else I have means nothing. Nothing. Because not, there's not a single thing that I have that I'm taking to heaven with me. Nothing. Not even my nice shirt. I had a hard time picking which shirt I wanted you guys to see today. Okay? I'm not taking none of that with me. Zero. You know? I'm going to stand before the Lord, and I'm going to give an account for my life of how I, what I did with everything he gave me to use. He's going to say, how did you use that motorcycle I blessed you with? Did you go out and share the gospel on that thing, or did you just ride it for your own entertainment? I gave you extra finances. Did you use it for your own self, or did you use it to help my kingdom? Okay? Everything he gives us, he gives us for us to use for his glory. He gives it to you so that you can use it for his glory, not for your own. Because none of it, you're not taking any of it with you. And it's just not going to happen, okay? I can go out and buy the most expensive watch in the world, and it ain't going to be in heaven with me. But one thing that I'm for sure of, that everything God blesses me with, every time I'm obedient to his word, every time I take his word and create life with it, I know that that's eternal. I know that that's eternal. I know that if I spend my time witnessing, leading people to Christ, that's eternal. If I spend my time teaching people how to draw closer to Christ, that's eternal. Okay? That won't change. Because that's the Word of God. And when we take the Word of God and we apply it in our lives and we use it in our lives and we give it to other people in their times of need or their times of learning, instruction, guess what? You're giving him something eternal. When you're praying for someone and you're lifting up before the Lord, you're doing something eternal. Okay? So the Word of God, that's why the Word of God is so important. That's why we need to understand that the Word of God brings life. Okay? It brings life. In Luke one thirty one, God says that Whatever he create, whatever he performs will come to pass. Okay? Whatever he performs will come to pass. So, in your life, what is he performing? What is he changing? Think about it in a personal way. God, what are you changing in my life? What are you doing in my life? Because what you're doing in my life will come to pass. It will bring forth fruit if I'm in, in your word. If I'm obedient to you, fruit is going to be produced. Okay? I don't care how anybody in this room thinks about tithing. You can have all the opinions you want. I'll just tell you one thing. It works. Amen. I could sit here and teach on tithing. I can teach on multiplication. I could teach all this stuff to you. I'm just telling you it works. Okay? 
When I got saved, I was flat broke. Flat broke. I was going down the street and eating at, at, at June's aunt's house because we didn't have no money. So we would go down there and eat and then go back home. We barely, I had to go work, work, work for my landlords to pay my rent. So I'd ride the bus. I didn't have a car to get to where I needed to go. I would ride the bus from Hoquiam all the way to Grayland, and then walk a mile to their house, work on their house, catch the last bus back and come back home, take a shower, and then go walk down the street to June's aunt's house so we could have dinner. That's how I paid my rent. I didn't have any, we didn't have anything. That's how we started. But then seven, eight months later, we got saved. We gave our hearts to Christ. And we went to church. And they talked, they taught about in, in my discipleship class, they taught about tithing, about giving to God, giving God back his fruits, and being good stewards for what God was starting to bless me. And I'm thinking, well, oh, it's easy. I told everybody in the class, it's easy for me to tithe. I ain't got nothing. <laughs> I showed up at church, I felt great. Plate went by, just let it go right by because I didn't have nothing to put in there anyway. But as soon as I got something, I put it in there. I said, Lord, this isn't even my full tithe, but this is all I got. I mean, it was, it was years, you know, before we actually tithed on our full amount of what I started making because we were learning at the process of tithing. We were learning about giving through that process and we were trying to make things make things work in our lives so we could keep the lights on and keep water in the house and have some food once in a while you know and so that's how it started but I know it worked because I was faithful to it it's like and then once I got to the point where we because me and June looked at each other says no matter if we're going to be short or not we're going to tithe we came to a point in our lives where no we're going to tithe first before we do anything God started multiplying our money in June to say, yeah, we have an extra forty dollars this month. Oh, we actually we have an extra hundred dollars this month. It's like really because last month we had the same amount of money with the same amount of bills, and I was short. Okay, it works. It works. You cannot outgive God. God's word tells us that if we are faithful to Him, He will bless us. Amen. We started taking God's word and His provision. And we started using that 100% in our life and said, we're not compromising. We're going to use God's word every day, and if this is his principle, this is what we're doing. And we did it, and God blessed us. And God started opening doors other ways. You know, and it's like people think that when you talk about getting blessed financially, that it always has to do with tithes. It doesn't. There's so many other ways that you can bless and do God's work, and God God will bless you back monetarily, okay? Um, you can sow things that you have an abundance of, and God can bless you for that, okay? You don't need 42 coats, right? You don't need 100 pairs of shoes. You only have two feet, okay? But people have an abundance, but they kind of will kind of hang on to it. But if you will learn to give that away, guess what happens? God will bless you in another way. God will bless you some other way. Okay, so I was preaching in the youth convention, and I had this really beautiful, probably the most expensive jacket I had at that moment for a dress jacket. And it was a pretty expensive jacket, and 
I was, someone blessed me with it. And I was preaching right here. We had like 400 kids in here. We were doing a youth convention in here. This was years ago. And I'm there preaching, and there's a kid sitting over here in about the second row, and God says, give him your jacket. Right when I'm preaching. I said, okay, Lord. So I'm thinking, he said, give him your jacket. I stopped, and I said, you, in the second row, stand up. Come up here. I said, God told me to give you my jacket. I put my jacket on. It fit him, perfect, fit him better than it fit me. I said, here, God told me to give you that. Well, then, all of a sudden, God started blessing me in other areas because I was obedient. I gave away a jacket that was given to me. Someone else obeyed God, and they gave me that jacket. I gave it to somebody else. God blessed me with other things. Okay? That's the way God works. But we have to use the Word of God in our everyday life. This is the key. Use the Word of God every day. It's not some super spiritual thing. It's just as basic as you can make it. You know, I'm a very basic person. I like things that are simple. Okay? I like to live a simple life. I like to let God do stuff in me that's simple. If it's complicated, he can give it to someone else. Okay? He gives me the simple task of just sharing the gospel. It's not hard. I get to go share the gospel with people. I get to preach to people. I get to tell them how good God is. I get to show them how good God is. That's a simple thing to do in my life because it's who I am. That's who God has allowed me to be. That's what God wants to do in every person in this room. I mean, God created you to be exactly who you are for a certain purpose so that you can do what he needs you to do in the way he needs you to do it because you don't have to be like me. You don't have to be like Gary. You don't have to be like Paul. You don't have to be like Don. You don't have to be a good guitar and piano player like Steve. Lord knows you don't want me up there doing that. I can't even clap in time. So, you know, it's like... Well, we have gifts. We have abilities. Sometimes you would sit there and think to yourself that you don't have anything to give. Let me tell you, you probably have the most to give. You probably have the most to give. I know that I have had the opportunity to speak with a lot of people in my life and some, some people that other people have really didn't have any regard for and that's really a shame. They didn't have respect or any regard for that other person, but they have told me some profound things that I, that I just like, that is amazing. Because God has stuff in each person's life that changes somebody else's life. Okay? God uses you to change somebody to give them a word or even to give them encouragement and they look at you and they'll say wow I didn't know I didn't know that was in you because that's how the power of the Holy Spirit works amen because it comes to life in us it comes to life in us let me see if I can get back to where I'm supposed to be uh. So in um, Psalms 30, 35, he's, he talks about being flawless, okay? Now, this is the point that we're not going to obtain. Thank goodness. And we talked about that. That's why there's mercy and forgiveness. But God is flawless, okay? God's word is flawless. It is exactly what it is. It performs exactly what it performs, 
okay? And we need to understand that when we take God's word and we apply it in our lives, the only, the only thing that can change that word is us, right? So if it doesn't come to pass, then we need to search ourselves and find out why. God, what is it in me that this wasn't fulfilled? Because your word doesn't lie. Your word is flawless. So somewhere, somewhere, something in me has to change. Okay? Something in me has to change so I can get to that point that you need me to be. Okay? And all of us in this room have struggles every day. There's not a single one of us that don't have a struggle every day. There's no perfect Christian. There'll never be a perfect Christian. Okay? That's why we have mercy and forgiveness. But in order for us to draw closer to God, we have to understand how pure He is, how pure God is, how faithful God is. Okay? That He is flawless, that He is the creator of all things. Everything that he has created and everything that will be created is created when God spoke the world into existence. You, you, you can create your future by your words. You can create your future by your words. How will you speak? Will you speak life to yourself or will you speak death? Will you speak prosperity in your life or will you speak poverty in your life? Will you speak healing in your life or will you speak death in your life? See, healing is a realm that a lot of people struggle with because they say, well, why didn't this person get hurt? Why didn't, you know what? That's God's choice. That's God's way, okay? I believe in healing, 100%. No doubt in my mind, I've seen God do miracles right in front of my eyes. And I've seen people fail, but I know God's word is true. And when June was battling with cancer, I believed until the last second on, the, on her physical body, I believed God could have healed her and raised her up at any moment. I had no doubt in my mind that could happen. But God had another purpose for her. That purpose was to be with him, that she had fulfilled what, what her life journey was supposed to fulfill. If she wouldn't have fulfilled what God had put in her life, she would still be here, right? So she was totally healed, okay? She was totally healed. The minute she took this last physical breath, she was in a glorified body standing with the Lord. I don't know how much more healed you can get than that, okay? But that's, that's how good God is. That's how good God is. You know, those of us who have lost loved ones, we have that security. We have that knowledge to know that, no, they're, they, they're in a glorified being state where they are perfect. They're with the will of God. How much better could we ask for that? Okay? We're still here because God's not done with us. God still has a purpose for us. That's why we're here. Okay, until the rapture comes or until your body expires, every day you get up, God has a purpose for you. God wants you to draw close to him first so that he can give you direction to go draw someone else to him also. Okay, so it all comes down to that great commission. It all comes down to us being obedient with God. 
and just letting God be God in us, okay? I am so thankful that I don't have to be like Gary. I, I love Gary, and I respect Gary. And if Gary spoke to me about something, I'll listen to Gary, and I'll take his words of wisdom and counsel because I love Gary, and I understand him, but I know God didn't make me like Gary. He didn't make me like Gary. Never compare yourself to somebody else. Be who God made you to be. Let God do what he wants to do in your life so that you can experience his goodness. I experience his goodness when I get to go and minister the gospel of Jesus Christ. When I'm working, meeting new people, I experience his goodness of what God's done in that person's life. Or I see that person change because God brought him into my life and I can help mentor them. I can help pray with them. I see the change. That's goodness. That's God's goodness. That's God's direction. Okay? So I see it. And you know what? Just be who God made you to be. When I married Don, you know, I was married to June for 42 years. And I told Don, be you. Don't ever try to compare yourself to June. Don't ever try to be like June because you're not June. You're Don. I want you to be Don. I married her to be Don. Okay? Be who God made you to be. Be excited about what God has in your life. Understand that tomorrow you have an opportunity to get up in the morning and take the Word of God and put one little part of that Word of God in your life and use it and build on it. Okay? Let's stand. Hallelujah. Father God, I just thank you for your word today. Thank you, Lord God, that we can... Lord, that we can take your word each and every day and we can put that word in our hearts and we can apply that word in our lives and we can see the change not only around us but in other people. Father God, your word is true. It's forever settled in heaven. Lord, you are flawless. You are, you are the God that created all things. And Father, I thank you for every person here, the uniqueness that you made in every person here today, Lord. We all have uniqueness. We all have qualities. We all have abilities to touch somebody, to speak with someone, to encourage someone. Father God, that's, we have that ability. And I pray, Lord God, that as we continue through this day and tomorrow, Father, that we would use those qualities that you have given us. Lord, that we will be that example of your love and your mercy to other people, Lord, that they can see that, no, I'm here today because of what God did in me. I'm who I am today because of what God's doing in me. And God's not finished with me yet. And so, Lord, thank you for that. Thank you for each person that you're going to bless them, that you're going to change situations in their life as they give them over to you and they stand on your word. As they stand in those trials, they'll proclaim your word and you will give them a way of escape, Lord. You will show them the direction you want them to go. So we thank you for that, Lord. And we just pray for safety as we leave this building today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 If anybody needs prayer, come forward and we will pray with you before we leave.